everybody, welcome back. I am Joe the Widget, and I am joined by my amazing co-host. Yes, I was purposely ignoring you, Rook. <laughs> you do not want to see what he did on the camera. Everybody, Mr. Rook. What's up, everybody? It's been a uh, long week, so I'm glad to be talking about nerdy stuff. Tell me about it. Oh, what a week. <laughs> and we are joined, as always, by the Archon. As always, as always, here I am. Well, I can't really say as always for you two, because you both have missed one episode. But we're close to almost as always. Yeah, it's close enough. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Hmm? Ironically, it's only been raw and nerdy we both missed episode on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, I, I, can all, I can honestly say as always for Starfield Raw, because... We're all three always there, so that works. Recording on a it weekend looks- can get dicey, so... You can't miss a day, because none of us knows how to run that programming yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I cannot. I don't want to, either. This is one of my priorities, man. It's on my schedule. All right. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot in the news. We have a lot in the news. Got a lot for our playthroughs. We're going to be talking a lot about ESO, most likely, because all three of us have been playing it extensively this last week there was the xbox direct that came out and the eso reveal and a bunch of other goodies we'll get into all of that here but first i want to know what you guys have been up to this week oh i didn't do too much uh i worked a lot that's got stressed exciting. a lot oh yeah let me tell you however um that's why i did do some stuff i played starfield obviously today um, and complaining it. about work <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I played Starfield, obviously. Did some exploring, obviously. Explore. I'm currently exploring Cassiopeia, and I explored four, and now I'm exploring Cassiopeia two. I'll get I'm, three and one later. I'm definitely on my docket to get into Starfield either probably tonight, and I have tomorrow off. I think my dad do Santa Clarita, but I might play it a lot tomorrow. We'll see. I mean, ESO's got the bug. Yeah. I think uh, I think Rook is pers- purposely trying to uh, <laughs> mess with my OCD by <laughs> doing the planets in just random orders. I think I'll do one next, so it's four, two, one, then three. Now, what you gotta do is go all the way to the far right, the outreaches, and work your way in. That's what I'm doing. Or start at one and work your way out. Nah. A normal boring. sane person. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do a star pattern and all that good stuff. But no, um, got back into an old, a game that I've been playing off and on since launch, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. I'm sorry. Actually, I enjoy it. The story is really good. It's a really, really good game with a really good story. Uh, and it's one I of agree. the few that do uh, character story arches where they're actually instances. So the story progresses the timeline without affecting the overall world which is something that was one of the biggest complaints for Star Wars Galaxies is how time never seemed to move forward in that game. So I actually like how they did it. Um, I also think they got one of the best NPC companion systems in uh, MMOs. Because you can... It's like another player. It's just a computer doing all the combat. You can gear them out with everything you want. Um, yeah, and like I said, I really enjoyed that game. It was fun getting back into it and trying to remember everything about my character and the way I was playing it. Because that one's been a couple of years I've been out of that game. Um, played some ESO today with Widget. 
uh, did some dungeons, found out I'm actually a decent tank. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. We got to, we did a couple. I've been playing my warden a lot, which I made into a healer, because wardens, they lend themselves really well to healing. We decided to give it a go, see how we did as a team. Of course, insta-Q. And uh, mm-hmm. Rook knocked it out. He did good. It was, yeah, he got into the groove. Took him about, I'd say, after the first boss, and then he started really got in the groove. Mm-hmm. The second dungeon was flawless. It was I didn't have to heal him half the time, which was great. I love I love the Dragonite's t- uh, abilities. Uh, not just the Dragonite's abilities, uh, but there's one uh, sword and board ability that I actually really like. It's uh, gives me temporary hit points and a good shield to protect me. Oh, more like a shield, not temporary hit points. And but my other damage reducer also heals me, so I was keeping myself healed to, during the fight too. You only went down a couple times, lower in health in boss fights, only a couple of them, and I think the lowest you got was a quarter of your life gone. Mm-hmm. I I've been playing my character a lot around around the world, going up against harder things just to get my rotation right on my skills. I just realized I need an AOE taunt. I'm still trying to figure yeah, out where luck. that is. Yeah, I know, it, right? It doesn't exist. I've been through... I, I was looking for that myself. I've been through every single skill tree that I can find. I looked online and stuff like that, and you don't get... There isn't one. Now, there, I'm fine. There's two different single-target taunts that you can get, and you just have to cycle them between all the different mobs that come in. Yeah, I've also found out that you got high enough DPS... So my second skill set tree on my character is I switch to dual uh, two-handed weapons, and I will DPS because those small mobs, DPSing them and whittling them down is the easiest thing to do. Bosses are really the only place you need a dedicated tank. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, if you, yeah, like you said, if you do good enough damage, you hold aggro on them anyway. And it's not too hard for a healer to keep up with the group in an AoE environment, so. But no, the, a lot of the healing in ESO, they have actually done a really good job with the lack of AoE taunts and stuff. They've done a good job of giving you a lot of uh, quick healing abilities and characters having self, self-healing self abilities. Yeah, pretty much every class has some form of self-heal or healing while doing damage or something along those lines to help keep you alive a little bit as well. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. When I did my Dragonite tank a while back... I just did a uh, a secondary that was uh, mostly an AOE damage build, and I would flip into that and do my attacks, get everything's attention on me at first. So it gave the party enough time where they didn't have to worry about it for at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super useful. Except for every every dungeon I've taunted or every dungeon I've tried tanking on my sorcerer, every DPS is like, I'm gonna go attack a different mob, and you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Focus fire, people. Have you never played an MMO before? Let's do... Let's go. Probably a lot of them haven't. That's true. Awesome. And, yeah. and this isn't your typical MMO where the mobs will stay aggroed to one person if they taunt them. Uh, the mobs yeah. tend to break away and go after the one that's hurting them the most. One thing I have noticed, I don't, I don't know if you knew this or not, but one thing I have noticed is if you taunt the same mob more than twice within 15 seconds, it puts a debuff on them where you can't taunt them anymore for 15 seconds after that second taunt. That I didn't know, but I usually taunt them no more than two times every 15 seconds. 
Yeah, it's called a, a like an overtaunt debuff, and if like you have more than one tank and each of you uses a taunt, and then you try using a third taunt, it'll put that debuff on them, and then neither one of you can taunt them. Interesting. One, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that tank, especially if you're sword and board equipped, you actually uh, your damage has a higher weight towards aggro than DPS does. And healers using a healing staff, actually, they have a lower weight than everybody else. Yeah, um, another thing you want to do as a tank is go for the Undaunted Tree. Because there's a, a skill in the Undaunted Tree called Inner Fire, which is like a ranged taunt. I need to get that one. I don't yeah, I don't have that one yet. super helpful. I don't, I don't have the Undaunted unlocked yet. I need to get there and get that done because I'm running with Isabel as my companion on my Dragon Knight, and she loves doing Undaunted quests. Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, just go to Daggerfall. Uh, you can, if you go to the Inn in Daggerfall, you can get the unlock the Undaunted and start raising your skills with them. All right. As y'all know, I started reading the Deskate Cycle. Um, only got a couple pages into it, but I actually sat down and forced myself to read it. Um, got through chapter four yesterday. Uh, so I, I still have to thank Venus Valkyrie for, um, recommending that one to me. I'm enjoying the book so far. I need to set reading goals. I tend to do exactly what I did when I first started reading this book, which is read a few pages and put the book down and get back to it like a week later. But, uh, I'm going to set a goal of reading two chapters a day. Because otherwise, I my ADD is going to kick in, and I'm not going to touch that book for like another week. I used to just read uh, a little bit before I went to sleep at night. That's what I should do. But the problem is, is unlike most people, reading keeps me awake. Well, it keeps your brain I, active. It keeps me awake. Well, a lot of people, it asleep. puts them to. It, it lets helps them relax and go to sleep. But me, I found out that it keeps me awake because I start getting involved into the story and all of that. That's why audiobooks, if I go on long drives where I know I'm going to be tired on the way back, I will just run audiobooks because they'll keep me awake. Yeah, that's I, <laughs> why I have 140 audiobooks in my Audible library. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than I do, but then again, I've turned in a lot of my audiobooks, so... <laughs> I do, and I drive a ton. I'm to sleep. Unless I'm awake trying to read a book, I will fall asleep. If I'm yeah. even the slightest bit tired. I, I don't. <laughs> I read, but that's what Benefit Allergies for. <laughs> I'll pop one of those in and start reading, and then I'm done. <laughs> or melatonin. Yeah, well, melatonin doesn't really work for me. And I had the coolest thing happen this past week. So I have a co-worker, or not a co- Yes, a co-worker, but he's a subordinate on my team. As most of y'all know, I'm an aircraft maintenance supervisor, so I have people that work under me. Well, one of my uh, teammates had an issue with uh, holiday pay stuff. I figured it out for him, got everything kosher, and he came in Thursday? Yeah, Thursday with a bag for me, and it's a three-book box set of the Mistborn series. That's pretty cool. That was the coolest thing I ever ha had happen to me, and after a week that was as stressful for me as this week was, that was the shining light in the day, and those are going to be the next books I read once I'm done with the Deathgate cycle. My brother, who has been um, away for six months, his only real form of entertainment has been reading, and I got him hooked on Brandon Sanderson books, and he loves the Mistborn <laughs> series. Yeah. yeah, that's what I hear. A lot of people like them. I hear they're pretty. I hear they're pretty good. 
And, I mean, Brandon Sanderson helped finish one of my favorite book series, The Wheel of Time. So, like, I want to get more into his books, too. So I'm going to have to check those out eventually. My stepson highly recommends them. <laughs> I'm still I'm still in the uh, Dungeon Crawler Carl phase on my audiobook listens. <laughs> Almost caught up to the book I, I just I bought and then realized I forgot everything, so to re- re-listen to everything. Yeah. I finished, of course, I took a break in that when Beware of Chicken 3 came out. Of course. I had to listen to that right away. <laughs> so, what else, man? What's going on? For me, that was it. Archon. My week was mostly spent playing ESO. Yeah, that's all you play football. nowadays. ESO and football, yeah. No, I still play Starfield. Um, I've still been playing my challenge character a little here and there. I, I told you earlier today that tomorrow I'm going to be playing my challenge character for a while too. Because every time off. I've, every time I've logged on, you've been on ESO. And so have I. Usually, so there. Okay, so when I play ESO, I usually log into Discord to see if it, anybody's on while I'm playing. When I'm playing Starfield, Starfield, I'm usually not logged into Discord, so that's why you don't see. Yeah. When I'm not logged into Discord, I'm probably playing Starfield or at work. I decided that I was going to start going through the main story quest instead of just doing random stuff on ESO. In the main story, you start off by, like, you're rescuing this dude named the Prophet. And then you have to go into this zone called the Cold Harbor, which is where he's at. And you learn about these five heroes and you have to like go through and try and save each of them and then you eventually fight this big dude known as a daedric prince his name is molog ball and like that quest had me so hooked i literally did that entire quest line which is like the whole vanilla version of the game basically um, I did that whole quest line in one day. I did it on my sorcerer first and over the course of like a day, day and a half. But then I went and did it on my, my main character and did the whole thing in one day. All <laughs> nice. the way to the end. <laughs> That's where a you lot. Fight him. And the yeah, Daedric Princes are, are the deities of Elder Scrolls. And I did find out because in the announcement, me and Archon both had a question about something. About the whole Daedric Prince term. It doesn't. Specific? It's an actual title and not gender specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't still, it, it still does not matter. If you're going to introduce a new Daedric quote unquote prince and it's a female, it should be a Daedric princess because <laughs> they, that's what prince and princesses are. Well, you're, From you're the not very missing beginning, the point. It's not an actual prince as you know as, as a prince. It's just like vampires having a prince in the world of darkness, having a prince of the city, and the prince can be a female vampire. It's just a title. That's it. That's weird. It was throwing me off because we were sitting there watching the reveal <laughs> for it, which we'll talk about later. It's in our news, but like, and they're talking about how they were introducing this new Daedric prince, and they kept saying her and her and her, and I'm like, why is it a prince? I was I was so confused. But yeah, so I got through that whole quest line. I was able to fight that Daedric prince. That was like one of the coolest fights I've done in a very very long time. I was uh, actually on Discord with with uh, Rook while I was doing it, and I'm like, like freaking out. He goes, "What's going on over there?" <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, this was so sweet. Just the way you fight it and what happens." And uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but then I was, but then I finished that quest line, and that was what you were was way a, into the the animations dude, was, for everything that was going on. Dude, I was way into it, yeah. But then uh, I finished that quest line, and I get the next one, which is you're supposed to observe, like, some pact being made. Didn't realize that that pact meant 
fully completing the main story quest, which let me tell you is like usually 16 to 18 different quest lines in, in each zone. But you mm -hmm. have to fully complete like six different zones to witness this pact. I'm like, holy crap, this is going to take forever because the first one was all just like like basically one zone. <laughs> and I'm like, thought I was doing good. But then I got to that and I'm like, uh, there's like six different zones I got to get through. So I've been kind of working my way through mm -hmm. those and all the different main stories are pretty cool. I've been enjoying them so far. They're all different so far from each other. There's nothing like really connecting them that I've noticed. I mean, there's a few characters that carry over between them, but I think I've, overall the story is going to all connect itself together. But I've been seeing it here and there as I've been doing the new the uh, chapters I haven't done yet. I did that. Yeah, main... I keep running into this Prongor guy. I keep running into him a lot during my quests and stuff. So. Yeah, I figured out that I stopped playing when they introduced the whole chapter system right after mm -hmm. they did Morrowind, which was technically the first chapter. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't can't remember if I even finished. I got to look through my achievements if I even finished Morrowind. So I've been doing all those chapters. Yeah, the weird thing, though, is like, so like the main story quest, like, yeah, you complete the chapters and stuff. But the weird thing is when I did that, like the first main story it gives you to go rescue the prophet and follow this thing. I finished that and the achievement I got for it said I completed chapter six. I'm like, what? Chapter <laughs> <laughs> six? Yeah. Instantly messed with my ADD or my, my OCD. I'm like, wait a second. Why am I completing chapter six? Where was one through five? Either, um, would I picture that when that thing occurs? It's watching... Um, Star Wars? No, it was with the, the governator... Arnold Schwarzenegger in a future setting, three boobies. Oh, total oh, recall. Total yeah. recall. Yeah, when the robot head starts freaking out before it explodes, that's what I picture every time you talk about that. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just assuming that that uh, this game is like Star Wars, where I'm starting on chapter six. <laughs> the problem <laughs> Star Wars started on uh, episode four. The problem you is, you would not believe how much that drove me nuts as a kid. Like that Star Wars started on Chapter 4. I'm like, what? The problem with this game is that you can do any section you want to start, but there is a main overall story arc that actually flows, and it's annoying when you don't start in that spot, Widget. What? Yeah, because we like when we first started, we started... The in chapters are independent <laughs> from each other. They do tie in in different ways, but they are not a part of what the original main story was. Western Skyrim starts with the Greymore chapter. Starts no, starts with Giantborn, which is the Greymore. I forgot chapter. her first name. Yeah, Lear, Lyris, Lyris, yeah, Lyris. Giant Bane, Ti Giant Titanborn, Titanborn. Titanborn. That's what yeah. it is. She is introduced at the very beginning in the first section of the game, <laughs> but you knew the story which of, of really Greymore as you went and did it. See, I but knew about thing, it because I already beat the first first chapters. Yeah, it was weird character. for me because I went down and I saved her and stuff like that. And I thought it was kind of weird because when I'm doing the main story, she like I meet her and she introduces herself and like I'm saving her. I'm like, what, we were just questing together in Skyrim. What are you talking about? And also, when I met you in Skyrim, you had no clue who I am. What? What? This doesn't make <laughs> sense. Like, why? How are they not at least tied into where she remembered who I was? At least that was that kind of threw me off a little bit. The funny thing plus is, she remembered like, who I was. Plus, there's also this. I'm I'm hmm. very intrigued about one thing is because 
in the first main story quest, as you're going through, there comes a point where you have to pick one of your five allies that you want to die, that, that has to sacrifice themselves. And depending on who you pick, like, you'd think that that has some outcome on the story, but I could have picked her. I could have picked Lyra's Titan, Titan whatever, Titanborn. But if I had, then how would that even work? Because I already did a quest with her later on in the storyline in Skyrim. So if that, that wouldn't have made any sense. So that's I kind of didn't want to pick her just because it would have made some weird paradox in my brain. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I wonder if that has any bearing or if I'm going to run into the guy that I did. Or choose. did the events of Greymore actually occur before that? Occur before what? The main story that you were playing. Hmm, that's a good question, but I don't. <sighs> but even still, if I did, like, if Skyrim yeah. happened before the main story, then she still would have remembered me when I went down into Cold Harbor and first met her. I Amnesia. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But I don't know. I'm really enjoying the game. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I hit my goal of over 300 champion levels now, so all of the dungeons that are open, I could do all of them now if nice. I want to. I almost got my mount maxed out. Like, I'm just working on the stamina now. Other than that, he'll be maxed out. I've been playing my warden mostly this week, getting it leveled up. I'm at level 34 now. I could have gotten to 50 by now if I just did a dungeon crawl, but I wanted to really get into chapters. So that's what I've been doing. Same with my sorcerer. Yeah. I completed the Elsewhere storyline, which was really cool. I wanted to see what the dragons were, but honestly, that storyline got a little bit weird at the end of it. But it was still pretty fun. Um, then I did Necrom. I wanted to do the current one. And doing that one, I found out it made the whole reveal for the new chapter made perfect sense to me. Because yeah. the Necrom leads into that. Don't, don't, don't spoil it because I haven't well, done Necrom yet. I'm going to do that one. I will tell you this, though. Necrom had the hardest story boss fight I've ever played in the game yet. Hmm. I died five Everything times. I've done so far in the game has been pretty easy. It wiped me out, and I had my companion, my level 15 tank with me, and and two other companions. I won't tell you what they are. And it's still, I got killed five times before I finally beat it. I have One noticed thing. that the later expansions you get into, like the dungeons for them, are definitely harder than the original ones. They definitely get harder. So I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Bethesda adding the companion system in ESO has made the game easier on a soul souling um, aspect. Oh, yeah. Kind of questing I aspect. That, I think that was kind of the point, is to make it to where you could solo a little better. And do yeah, public dungeons by yourself without having to go look for a group. Mm -hmm. Or have two or three people come help you. Like, I, me and Archon did one, just the two of us, and with our companions out, we had no problems going through it. Oh, yeah, we trashed. I've been I've been in a couple public dungeons by myself and just trashed them. Yeah, I've been doing that on my Necro. So my Necromancer is definitely my DPSer. I'm going to have my Warden as my, my healer base, and then I'm going to have... I'm going to do... Uh, um, to finish out every class to level 50... I'm going to get the Arcanist, and I'm going to make him a tank. The Arcanist? Arcanist. Arcanist. Whatever. Because I got Archon here, so it just made sense. The Arcanist, <laughs> not to be confused with the Mechanist from Fallout. Archon, sure. who is is an Arcanist. That's my main. Uh, that one is definitely my healer and DPSer, because he does a ridiculous amount of damage for a healer. Um, and then uh, my Sorcerer is my tank. 
as weird as that sounds. My sorcerer <laughs> is my tank, and he is a beast. He's going off of the meta, the, the meta opinions about sorcerers being the top tank, which I'm not going to argue that. Uh, actually, I'm working on making actually, my sorcerer a battle mage. That's fun too. Actually, based on the based on the meta, Arcanists are one of the best raid tanks. But I like my Arcanist as a healer. See, but see, going based off the meta, that just takes the f- RPG away from the role playing away from. I will argue game. that made it that the meta is not exactly accurate with a game like this. To a degree, I went with. I went with the tank as my the, my sorcerer as a tank purely out of necessity because I was doing him as a DPS because technically the meta says they're the top DPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to run him as a DPS, but like I was trying to run a couple dungeons that I needed to run and the queue times were forever for DPS. So I went tank on him because I've ran a lot of dungeons with sorcerer tanks. So when I, I do a could dungeons take. on my necro, I'll just sit there and go either harvest or do dailies or something or do another story. Yeah. Well, I, wait I was for the doing to that, pop. but it was taking too long, really? so I just switched switched it to tank, and then like it was just insta-queues after that, and I could do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. I it's didn't like, have to wait. I'm an impatient person. My necromancer is about an average of five to ten minutes for a queue. Yeah, see, I've noticed not a lot of people like running tanks in these games. It's mostly they want to run DPS or heals. Well, it's always it's, a tank. It's not only that, but it's also like, okay, so in a lot of games, see, ESO is only four-man dungeons, so it's not as bad as some games, but some games it's six-man dungeons, and you only need one tank, one healer, and four DPS in those dungeons. So it's like tanks are a lot harder to find because you don't need as many, so not many, not many people play them because you don't need as many. And ESO, actually, playing a tank, in my opinion, is probably the most fun tank I've ever played. And I've played a tank in almost every MMO. It is even, a fun tank. Even playing as a healer. Because, like, when I was doing a dungeon with, with Rook, I have a DPS build with my destruction staff, and I have my healing staff build for healing. And I was just swapping between those nonstop, just having a blast with it. Yeah, see, I ESO... I mean, I love healing. ESO weeds into... Uh, lends itself to really fast-flowing combat, unlike a lot of other MMOs like Star Wars The Old Republic, where you have to have set roles, and if you don't fill them, you're screwed. But uh, I like how fast the combat flows, and if a tank, if you're going up against mods, I can switch over to DPS and just two-hand everything, and then uh, when I go up to a boss, I switch back to tank, and I'm holding aggro on the tank. Most of, or holding aggro on the boss most of the time. Hmm. Yeah, you should be able to hold aggro on the boss pretty easy unless somebody's just going absolute bananas. Like a it. bear pulling aggro every five seconds. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> My pet bear was just doing his job. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, guys, I had to go travel for work. I work in IT like everyone knows, and I've been working on a project for two of my offices to redo the complete audio video system because they were complete garbage. Well, my Merced office, it didn't have anything at all. They were using a roll-in TV in a separate box that had to be set up for audio. It was bad. So I got this whole audio video system built in, three large TVs in the main conference room, which can hold like about 100, 120 people. I have 
in in uh, in roof se- uh, speakers, the whole nine yards, all different types of microphones, a full 360 tracking camera. It's awesome. But the reason why I had three TVs set up and I was working with the engineers of the company that is doing the install for us is so that we can put three different things on the three different screens. Well, when they were installing everything and I was started testing it, all three screens can only show the same image. So I was like, <laughs> you guys would be kidding me right now. This is, yeah, so that was my entire week dealing with all that garbage. And I have to go, not this week, but next week out to Santa Maria and do even a bigger one. So that's going to be fun. Yikes. Yeah, I got yeah. a big week-long training coming up here pretty soon myself. Before, not this next week, but the following week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into the news, we've got a lot of good stuff in the news. I, I was, did a little look at some of the upcoming announced movies in 2024 and 2025. I just want your guys' opinion on some of these because they kind of threw me off a little bit. Some of them did. Some of them were awesome. I don't know how you're confused about because it's been like big news for a while. Not confused. Some of them I think are awesome. Some of them are just, I don't understand why they're doing it. Well, Deadpool 3, for instance, everyone knew that one was coming. Of course. Yep. Yep. That one's great. National National Treasure Treasure 3 3 threw me off. I was not expecting that one, nor have I heard anything about it till now. I did. I've I've heard about it. I'm one of the few people that loves those movies. The next one, I like the National Treasure movies. Like I said, few, not just the only one. <laughs> well, like Gladiator 2. Don't, what? Uh, yeah, what? I don't know how, how that even supposed to work. Is it going to have Russell Crowe? It can't have Russell Crowe in it again. No, unless it was like, no, even it can't do it before because he didn't become a gladiator until that movie. Can't be, can't be about his son because his son died. Yeah. So, I, it, I don't know. Unless it's about a different well, gladiator it, this time. Yeah, that's, that's why I think just like... Uh, I think that's what they're going to do because there's a lot of movies that they've made sequels to that have just been another character. The one I'm really excited about is Mortal Kombat 2. I'm excited yeah, about that one because I loved the first one. It was fantastic. I loved mm-hmm. it. Beetlejuice 2. Why? Yes. That one, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand how you, like, that one's been huge in the news. I haven't heard anything about it until today. I've, I've heard of what? it, but mm-hmm. I'm... Yeah, I like the first one it for its time. It, it is what it weird. is. But well, they're bringing back they're know. bringing back Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. They're bringing back um, Winona Ryder as what what was her character's name? I don't remember. I can't Gosh, remember. I can't it started with a D, I think. Michael Keaton's Gosh, like I... what seventy? <laughs> Sorry, bud. Hey, he, he, ca- he, he came back in Batman. Movie. All right, he was in a Spider-Man yeah, movie. Andy. And he was just in a Spider-Man movie, too. And they're also, uh, Jenna Ortega is going to be in the new Beetlejuice, too, as, like, her daughter or something. He was in The Flash, by the way, not Spider-Man. As Batman. Oh, he, in, he, played, he played Vulture. Oh, okay, that, I don't know. Yeah, he played the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. I, that I didn't realize, but yeah, I knew he was in uh, The Flash. Yeah, he played Batman Almost in The Flash. Every Batman was in The Flash, I think. And I'm surprised they're actually making another Rush Hour. I'm not. They already had right. four rush hours. I thought they were on rush hour five. No, it's they only had three, and they, they were fantastic, three. hilarious. One of my favorite Jackie was, Chan movies. Sorry, I'm not I thinking of rush hour without, and I was thinking of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, but mm. rush hour, the rush hour series, I love. But then again, I love Jackie Chan Jackie as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. Like the Shanghai Noon movies. Oh my gosh, the dude's <laughs> hilarious. Plus, he's going to be in the new Karate Kid movie too, Jackie Chan. I don't know that they. The last Karate Kid movie was not Karate. Well, <laughs> it was the, actually originally called Kung Fu Kid, but they changed it to Karate Kid in the States you, to appease to 
United but did States. you hear about the new one? No, I have not heard about the, it. The new one has Jackie Chan, Ralph Macchio, and their they like put out like a like a Facebook or like a TikTok or something thing where they're looking for the new Karate Kid. But it's gonna have uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, and Jackie Chan in it. They're both gonna. In my mind, Karate Kid one and two were the only one, two and three were the only Karate Kids ever made. Plain and simple. Hold on, Cobra. Kai. No, no, no. That's the only ones that were ever made. <laughs> well, Cobra, Cobra Kai is not, Kai. not the movies. Cobra Kai is awesome in itself, but <laughs> Cobra Kai. Oh. I'm just saying, as the movies of a Karate Kid were, there's only there was only three of them in my mind, and that's the way it's going to stay forever. So the new upcoming yeah, 2024 Karate Kid movie will bring the gap, will bridge the gap between the original films and the 2010 reboot. It's going to have with like Ralph Macchio and, and uh, Jackie see, Chan reprising Macho. their roles. That reboot never existed. It was so terrible. It was kung fu yep. for one. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into it, but it was it was terrible. <sighs> well, I don't know. I like the Rush Hour movies. Uh, Chris Tucker is amazing. Jackie Chan is him with Jackie Chan just, made a dynamic duo. They have great together. chemistry. Yeah. So it could it could potentially be pretty good. The only thing I'm worried about is Jackie Chan's getting up there and like. He's well known for doing all of his own stunts and stuff. Like he went to the hospital multiple times. <laughs> at one point, he's gonna have to stop doing his own stunts. Guys, uh, yeah, he's gonna break himself at some point. He already has. Like he's broken so many bones and stuff in movies. It's insane. Okay, guys, we have a lot of the news to get into. Yeah. So, Rook, let's get into a couple of yours really quick before we get into the Xbox Direct and the ESO. So, um, first I'm going to lead off with one that just is astonishing to me. Uh, I was going through Nerdist, and I saw an article under under their science and tech uh, tab that says, iPhone falls 16,000 feet from Alaska Airlines plane. Doesn't crack its screen. Landed in a bowl of (laughs) jello. So, apparently what happened was that uh, they had a plug-style door that failed, and some people's belongings just got sucked out and two phones were it. Um, the phone fell and the picture uh, that they have from the Twitter, the NTSB is there and the phone is at in airplane mode, half charge and on the Alaska airlines baggage receipt for that flight. <laughs> no damage to the phone. The screen is perfect, but it looks like it landed. It's a windy day, and it landed in a very grassy, bushy area. So it looks like it had enough branches and stuff to break its fall without breaking everything. They found the phones before they found the door from the plane. <laughs> well, those could be easier to track. Yeah. Find my iPhone, man. Guy just happened to be walking is, on the side of the street and found it. My question is, who goes on to a flight and has their phone in the baggage area and not with them in their seat? It said plug door. It didn't specify which plug door. I'd have to go look up the uh, NTSB report on that. Well, I think it would be much bigger it. news if it was like a door on the actual plane. It's like main part of the plane that would have depressurized I, the plane and caused don't a lot of know, I don't even know how this even made it so, to begin with. <laughs> so let's be uh, honest. That's pretty big news. I can't people. drop my iPhone more than two inches without it breaking. And then this dude somehow got lucky enough. His phone fell 16,000 feet. <laughs> so let's be honest. A, fo- a plane will not decompress, uh, depressurize like explosively. It will, if it holds big enough, it'll just depressurize. 
Um, I didn't I didn't say explosively, but like, a, if, I mean, if a plane depressurized the cabin and everything and had to make an emergency landing and stuff, that'd be bigger news than just an iPhone nope. falling out. They did have to do an emergency landing, but remember, this is Nerdist. They're talking about technology. The iPhone, <laughs> the iPhone surviving. Yeah. Uh, it, it was Alaskan's Flight 1282. Um, it did do an emergency landing on Friday, January 5th. For unknown reasons at this time, a door plug detached, resulting in various items being sucked out of the plane. Among them were two phones. Someone just happened upon while taking a walk in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the first one. I, was, uh, uh, I found that really funny. The second article is BMW is testing humanoid robots that look like a sci-fi disaster come to life. That's the article title. <laughs> Did you but see the pictures? The pictures actually will do a pretty uh, scary. It's a humanoid Dirty. form, and I've seen them. They're definitely interesting. It's like a lot of these car manufacturers are doing these robots, these robotic forms, humanoid. Mm-hmm. It's like the new trend. But if you think about it, if you get a humanoid robot to drive the car, you get more detail on what an impact or something actually happens to the body when it impacts. Because the test dummies are sitting in the seat. The hands down by their sides and whatnot. A Pressure robot can actually, reason. yeah, That's a robot true. can actually However, be steering the car and whatnot. That's true. However, those crash test dummies cost like what, a couple hundred bucks a piece to make. Whereas, uh, you create like a full Android robot, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars every time you wreck one of those cars. True, but it gives them a lot more flexibility on testing stuff. If, especially if they get it to actually be like a human. All right, so I want to inter interject here really quick. The crash test dummies, because I remember this from Mythbusters, which I was addicted to as I was on the air, and they were complaining about how expensive it is to get a crash test dummy, even a used one. So I looked it up. Legacy models start at $100,000 a piece and get up to a million dollars per crash test dummy. Yeah, so I don't think if they make a robot that's cheaper than a million dollars, then I think they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> because those things are designed to take really high G's and be reused. They're not one-time use dummies. They're durable, well, that's for sure. Robot would, I mean, you, you break a robot, you, then you gotta rebuild the robot. Yeah, and rebuilding a robot's actually pretty simple, according to Mistbusters. They do it all the time on their show. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I thought those two articles were pretty cool. I, I just like the BMW one, because the way they did the title. <laughs> Um, the third one I put on here was Wizards of Coast is uh, playtesting one D and D. It's the next uh, quote unquote addition to Dungeons and Dragons tabletop RPG. Yeah, we have a lot of questions about this, and um... Um, I'm not going to go into the other aspects. I'm just going right. to go into it's what they're doing is they're taking the core rule books, they're taking D and D Beyond. And they're taking D&D Digital, which is their new uh, digital tabletop, and they're combining them all into one location and one system, which will actually be pretty cool. And it's backwards compatible with 5th uh, Edition, so you, you could still run 5th Edition because a lot of people really like 5th Edition. Yeah. Uh, I, I cut my teeth with 3rd Edition, 3.5, played a little bit of 2nd. I actually like 5th Edition, and we won't talk about that... Uh, yeah, Plus the other part. P POS of yeah, fourth edition. <laughs> um, or the background stuff that they're doing in this new edition that neither of us agree on, but yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so I've actually talked, and I'm going to bring this up short and quick. I have talked to people, and a lot of them do not like the changes that D, uh, Wizards is doing. I've seen so, a lot of reviews about it and people complaining about it. Yeah, it's, it's because it takes the... You, it's taken the roleplay aspect out of the game from races and stuff like that. So, But that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah. it actually, the idea is awesome because it's combining D&D Beyond and a tabletop like Fantasy Grounds. They're t- making their own and they're combining them. And it's a very good idea in theory. Yeah, I don't think their execution is, is appropriate, but eh, that's what it is. I'm going to be curious about, though, when it gets closer and they actually... Re- release more information on it but we Mm -hmm. also have something in diablo which this is up archon's alley Eh, it was up archon's alley archon does not play diablo a whole lot more diablo 4 has been a huge disappointment for me yeah it looks like the the what they announced like the new season comes out in in well when you guys hear this it'll be tomorrow comes out on the 23rd it's called the the season of construct they're adding a new type of dungeon called a vault, which includes new threats such as elemental hazards and a new enemy called a construct, new new unique items and stuff. I've been kind of following it a little bit just to... I, I, I kind of have hope that maybe someday this game will be good and not just be something that's fun for a week and a half for yeah. each season. But, like... It's just a cash grab for... This, well, it, it's, I mean, it is, but it isn't because they're not really making... The only thing they're making money off of is, is if you get the premium edition each season. like The battle the, pass thingy. The battle pass thingy that's like $10 or $15 or something, which isn't even really that much. Like, they don't even sell anything really in that game. But like, Yeah, but they sold massive amounts at the beginning. The thing with it, though, is like everything I've seen on this new season just makes it look like Diablo 3. Like, the the whole vault dungeons just look very, very similar to Greater Rifts, and the the construct is just like the Rift Guardian. Hmm. It, like, it, it doesn't... It, it seems like they're like, oh, crap, well, we did really good with Diablo 3, and people like that, so let's just come out with a season that's Diablo 3? Yeah, it's like they're kind of um losing up, <laughs> losing on their ideas, because I think that their previous plans just weren't gonna work and they're even like (laughs) it's even as far okay get this widget it's even going as far as one of the main protagonists of this season is well he's like a uh uh, an antagonist and protagonist is zoltan cool again okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. three i mean it's like rehashing everything aren't they i'm like uh hello like come on like i mean i get it like but again like you're bringing back Zoltan Cool and stuff like this, that, but this is a Diablo. This is the first Diablo game so far that I've played that doesn't have Diablo in it. There's no Diablo in this game. So is it really a Diablo game? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, I've I've kind of lost faith in it. <sighs> Xbox released their Direct 2024 with a couple yep. of. I I watched it. And a couple hours after they released it. And one the game that I was actually kind of very interested in, and the only one I personally was interested in, was the uh, Avowed. Avowed? Really? Which is, yeah, because it, it has a lot of similarities to games like Skyrim. That's the only one you were interested in? I'm you actually interested in the mana game? Visions of Mana? No, because it's not going to be multiplayer like the other mana games. 
I'm actually interested in See, DNA. Of Mana wasn't multiplayer. The original one on it are well, no, Legend of Mana. What was the first one? The first one was Secrets of Mana, right? The three get Mana games that I played growing up all had direct multiplayer. I'm talking about the SNES, the original one, mm-hmm. Legends of Mana or Secrets of Mana or whatever that one was on SNES, the the one that started it all. I that didn't one, like I mean, they're doing the 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 cell shaded graphics and I I don't know yet. I I'd have to look more into it, but it didn't really tickle my fancy. On the and list, the on the big list thing yet. I have a problem with, sorry, Rook, is the real time combat. I'm getting really tired of them doing that route. Yeah, I'm surprised a lot of people are going from the turn-based styles to real-time because those turn-based styles can be pretty fun. A la... They're trying to make Baldur's it more Gate 3. realistic. <laughs> yeah, but Baldur's Gate 3 doesn't do... didn't switch over to a turn-based style and it... or a... Uh, real-time. Real-time combat and it's great. It still gives you full movement around the field. That's, that's all they gotta do. It's getting stupid. But I'm actually interested in seeing what Bethesda can do with Indiana Jones. It actually looks... Like it could be kind of fun. I like I saw some of the combat and stuff, and like seeing him like with his whip and stuff. It, I don't know. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah, some of the stuff you see online is actually pretty cool. But what is this Ara history untold? I've never heard of. This. I don't know a lot about it. Like I didn't see. They didn't say much about it. I know at one point they said that um, like it was one of those I games where really... like it was multiplayer, but like you have to wait for the other player to take it's... their turn before you could take your turn. Yeah, but then this they game said I can't really make do it. that now. It's a strategy game. A lot of developers from previous strategy games got together for it. I know that the only thing they really said was that it was coming out this fall on PC and PC Game Pass. They um, said quite a bit about it, like that it is going to be. They took different elements from past history and blended them together, and you can war with each other from different ages. And the way they did it is interesting, but I'm not a really big strategy game fan anyway, like that, like Civilization yeah. style. Oh, it's Civilization oh, style. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I suck at Civilization. I've tried, and I suck at it. It's not my forte, that's for sure. It looks just like a different take on Civilization. But it says it has innovative gameplay mechanics. <laughs> they all say that. Oh, look it. We changed one thing to this, and that's yeah, innovative. <laughs> and they also showcased Hellblade 2, which, if you're into that, into Hellblade games, that people have been waiting. They finally announced the release date, May 21st, is when that game is going to be coming out. Again, not my style. So it looked dark and just not really interesting. Yeah, yeah it looked, I got Souls vibes from it. Like, yeah, but I am interested in Square Enix's Vision of Mana. That game looked pretty decent. It comes out this summer, and it's the first of the Mana series to ever come out on Xbox. And every one of those games, from what I saw, I don't know about the Square Enix one, but Avowed and Indiana Jones and the other ones were coming out for PC as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of I might look into further on the on the avowed it's a action rpg yeah i mean it 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 takes place in the same universe as pillars of eternity which i really i enjoyed that game so i don't know i'd probably like it it'd be fun i like rpgs so that's my style yeah so did their reveal and they announced their yeah, new chapter the gold coast something that um the development team has been working on for quite a long time is they've been working on a way to do the precursor to spellcrafting, which was in Oblivion, like an early version of it. And from the early ways that they were talking about doing it, it's definitely, they changed it around quite a bit, but they're adding scribing, 
which is a way to customize new skills. So the new hmm. skills that are coming out for weapons, for the guilds, and I think armor that you can take and you can, well, the base purpose of the skill, like the one they demonstrated was uh, shooting the ground with a bow and jumping back in the backflip. But what you can change on it is what effect it has when you hit the ground, what kind of AOE effect it might have, whether it be a heal, different types of dots, so on and so forth. And then what the effect is after you backflip. And there's, that's that how they kind of described it, yeah. And they're also introducing a way to customize your skills that are pre-existing. See, that'll get make the game a lot more interesting because then you'll have other ways to play the game. Well, the, the, yeah. the customization of the existing skills is not mechanics, it's effects. Yeah, yeah. Like you can change Visuals. the colors of the effects and things like that. And... Now, describing, oh. though, that one does change. And that is a, a, a definitely a dramatic change in how you can do it. And what you said, like you said, customization is going to add a lot more to it. It's funny because I was actually talking to uh, Rook in in Discord, What I think it was yesterday. And he's like, what they need to do is they need to open up this zone right here. Uh, that's right <laughs> here next to this zone and this zone. I was like, yeah, that's that's where the new one, Westwell. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's where Westwell is going to be. Right there. Yeah, we're actually talking because I was looking at him like, you got Eastern Skyrim way over here, Western Skyrim way over here, and this big chunk of nothingness in the middle. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's (laughs) where the new place is going, right there. Um, They also announced that uh, they're going to bring in, like we kind of mentioned earlier, a new Daedric Prince. This is the first time in a long time that they've added a new Daedric Prince to the game. Um, Yeah, they they mentioned uh, a lost... Daedric Prince, and if when you guys play um, with the Forgotten, yeah, when you guys play Necrom, you'll understand exactly what that means and everything, because it leads right into that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get to that before the expansion comes out. Even if I'm not that far in the story, I'm just going to jump to Necrom and do that one so that I get caught up before the expansion comes out. Some of the new dungeons they talked about are going to be coming out actually in the next uh, next month, I think, or early March. Something like yeah, that. I think they said early March because the expansion itself comes out in June, but you can pre-order it now. It's available for pre-order, and there's interesting little pre-order bonuses and stuff like always. They always do stuff like that, but I'm just gonna get the upgrade. I don't care about the mount. <laughs> I right. get the premium upgrade, the one that comes with the cool stuff, just because. Because unlike somebody, when I get crates, I don't get lucky and get the mounts out of them. I got lucky one time. (laughs) That's all it takes. They released the new crates. They released the new crates recently, last week, and I bought a couple of crates, and the very first one they opened up was one of the uh, the mounts. Nice. Not not the the highest end mount, but the step below it. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't get anywhere lucky when when I bought my two crates or no three crates. I didn't. Yeah. I got one epic and that was one legendary, and that was it. Everything else was blue. Yeah, I got a bunch. I got some experience scrolls and all I got was that mount. Those are more important than anything. I got a couple uh, non-combat pets, but I did not get a mount. I got enough of those crystals where I could buy the mount that uh, Widget found, though. <laughs> By the way, for everybody listening. If you play ESO and you got that full gladiator set from the crates on the previous crates, yeah. it looks horrible on a Khajiit. <laughs> Terrible. Looks horrible on a female Khajiit, for sure. Or an Argonian, I'm guessing, too. The lizards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Khajiit are a race of cat people, basically. 
Mm-hmm. And they can range from what your typical house cat to a giant version of a house cat to a walking on two legs cat, mm-hmm. which is the common one. And they have the Argonian, which are basically lizard people. Quite literally lizard people. Mm-hmm. Not dragons, not anything like that. They are quite literally lizards. The ones that the Illuminati are hiding from the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In that secret cave up in like Iceland or whatever that goes yeah. all the way to the center of the earth. Oh, yeah. boy. One of these days, we're going to get into conspiracy theories like that. that would just have some fun, fun with that. Yeah. Hey, we can ask Mossy. He'll give us all sorts of conspiracy theories. Oh, that guy's good for it. We'll just ask him. Dude, what kind of conspiracy theory do you know now? Mm-hmm. I can talk to my sister. She's obsessed with them and unfortunately believes half of them. <laughs> the only the- conspiracy theory that I'm starting to believe is that the NFL is scripted. <laughs> All right, so last thing before we end the show tonight, guys. This one is actually a big deal, and I've heard about it, but I just saw bits and pieces of it in the news, which I found to be very, very fascinating once I find the right spot. Yeah, I really, if this one pans out, I'm, I would I will be really excited because of my family history in, in general, which will be, like, for my kids. And, oh, this can be world-changing, in fact. Yes. And what that is is the potential cancer vaccine is entering stage three trials. And there's there's a big part about this. After decades of study and testing, a potential vaccine for cancer may be on the horizon. Um, I would imagine it's still at least 10 years out, depending on the trials. Dr. Thomas Wagner, founder of the Orbis Health Solutions, is using the body's own immune system to fight the disease, with each shot personalized to the patient. This is all according to ABC News. And I have heard about this before. The vaccine, though, has been tested in hundreds of patients so far with advanced forms of melanoma in phase two clinical trials. The most recent data presented at at an academic conference showed nearly 95% of the people given only the vaccine were still alive three years after starting the treatment. 64% were still disease-free. Nice. And that's among the most advanced forms of melanoma, melanoma. Now, that's interesting because cancer is a deformity in your DNA as the cell produces, reproduces. So I'm wondering how it works. That's a good question. It uses your body's own immune system to fight it (laughs) off. Yeah, but how? Yeah, because it's literally somehow you're telling your immune system to attack these specific cancer cells. Now, there are certain foods you eat that give certain proteins to cells that help the cells recognize when they're not right and they'll kill themselves off. But cancer is the only thing I'm worried about is genetic manipulation. I don't think that's going to be the case. If you can do things such as smoking or, you know, big things like that to give that can cause you to get cancer... Or like, you know, vaping, things like that, that can cause you to get cancer, then you should be, there should be a way to help fight it. Like, it just makes sense. If, if you can, if you can manipulate it in a way that you're giving it to yourself, you should be able to manipulate it in a way to get rid of it. And now, it it, now like if this man might have figured that formula out. Now, if it's something that actually uh, causes a protein in the cell to make it where your immune system notices it and sees it as a threat versus just part of your body, then that makes a whole lot of sense. And I'm all for that. Yeah. 
The yeah. phase three clinical trial is set for three years with a goal of to enroll 500 people into the the treatment plan. And it's going to be launching this year. And they're hoping to finalize it at the end of those three years. So that would be 2028, which... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for, like, I'm 100% for this. I mean, I lost my mom. I lost my dad. I lost my aunt. I've lost both my grandparents, like, all to cancer. <laughs> like... <laughs> I lost my mom and it's my pretty, biological grandfather to cancer. One story yeah, about a patient. My- yeah, I've lost both my grand my both grandmothers to cancer. Mm-hmm. Polk's own father was told there was no treatment options left for the lung cancer, according to the article. There was more than ten. That was more than ten years ago, and his father opted into Wagner's cancer vaccine and lived ten more years before dying of something unrelated to cancer. Polk gives ABC News this quote: "You can tell me a lot of things." But you cannot tell me the vaccine doesn't work. And that's, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm, I mean, I'm saying it can. I'm just worried about how it's working, how it does its job. If it works, it works. That's what If it's going into it. a stage three, I'm, I'm guarantee you it's not going to go into anything that's already been outlawed or restricted. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm just saying, me personally, I actually want to know how it works. Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> curious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I might have to do a little bit more research into this because this is very fascinating. I've heard tidbits about it in the past, but it's the first time I saw something. Get a medical degree, join his team, and by the time you get there, it might be just about ready to release. And then you'll know all about it. All he has to do is give a basic generic rundown of how it actually works. Yeah, we put a protein. It causes a protein in a cancerous cell and your immune system attacks it. Sweet. I'm pretty sure that's kind of restricted knowledge right now. Let me ask you a question, Rook. If you had a potentially... Billion dollar idea that you were trying to perfect. Oh, more than billion. <laughs> would you? Would you? Uh, would you just tell everyone exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it before you have it perfected? No, and exactly. I didn't say I want to know right now. I just really want to know how it works. It, yeah, the curiosity is there. The curiosity yeah. is there. I just, I mean, for my kids growing up, for you know me as I get, I'm getting older, and for the millions of other people out there that have either lost somebody or will potentially lose somebody. I don't care how it works. I just hope it it works. At this day and And time, I can pretty much say the majority of people on this planet have lost somebody to cancer in some way, fashion, or form. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a great boom. I have other reservations that we don't need to talk about on this show about that whole situation. (laughs) Fair enough. And it involves big pharma. Yeah, um, when we go into that I'm kind going. of stuff, we kind of avoid on the show. Yeah. But I, the the article, though, does give me hope. There's hope. Yeah. And it will be great to see it actually come to fruition within the next few years. Especially if these trials, this next I, phase I is, is my successful. Lifetime, yeah. yeah. No, I got feel it's going to come out in our lifetime. That's no big. That's no biggie. But uh, I hope it comes out within like the next five years um, just because... I want to see people actually recover and actually have a full life, especially the kids that are in hospitals with cancer. That's not me saying you're old, go away. That's just me saying it's just really heartbreaking seeing all these commercials on TV with these kids with cancer suffering. And I would love to see this go through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that would argue that point. If they did, they'd be sick in the head. Yeah. Well, I think that was a great way to end the show, actually. 
A little bit of a cancer vaccine talk right there. Hope. hope we ended the show with hope. With hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hope. All right, everybody. Like usual, you can reach us. Uh, business or other things you want to talk about, you can email the show at podcastraw at gmail.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-R-A-W at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Podcast Raw. Uh, Instagram. Our Instagram is Raw Podcast One. You can also just search Raw and Nerdy. It doesn't have a lot of posts right now until the end of March, where it's going to get flooded with posts. It's going to explode. <laughs> Explosion. I will uh, be busy uploading left and right on there. Like always, the best way to reach us, talk to us, and you know, join in with like-minded nerds and fellow people like that in the community, our Discord discord.gg forward slash r-a-w-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s raw podcast go on in say hi introduce yourself and have fun we're always active the boards are actually pretty active all of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. got a a lot of great people in there yeah if you bring up a subject everybody will try talking about it Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'll I'll like go to work for a couple hours and come home and like every single chat is lit up with new new stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, like always, guys, you can follow us individually as well. Uh, you can follow me on Xbox, Steam, ESO, Twitter, everything pretty much at the widget. T H E W I G I T. You can follow me on. Okay, this is going to get complicated. <laughs> Rook213 on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, and Steam. Everything else is Tomcat213. And you can follow me at TheArchon606 on all, pretty much all social medias. And on all gaming platforms, I am at Quick Q-W-I-C-K underscore D underscore 606. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Keep it nerdy, and we'll talk to you all in episode 15. Y'all say nerdy now. You hear? Have a great week, guys. (laughs) 